The season's officially over, and it has been for the past three days, and I feel that's enough time, like a fine wine, to let it breathe a little bit. To talk about the season that was, the 2022-2023 Phoenix Suns. Who were they? What are our impressions of them? What went right? What went wrong? What made us happy? What made us sad? What made us angry? What made us forgetful? So as we prepare for the offseason that lies ahead, knowing that some news has already came down relative to Monty Williams being no longer with the team, I thought it'd be a good idea to just put a bow, if you will, on the previous season, to talk about everything that we appreciated about last season's team and things that left us to be desired. So Matthew is joining me once again tonight. It's good to see you. We missed you on last night's pod in which uh, we had a quick little 30-minute escapade into talking about Monty Williams, and that's something that I definitely want to talk about at the back end of this podcast. But how are you doing tonight? Doing good. It's nice to have some closure on this season. That's the whole point. You know, you you read Twitter and you just sit there with your phone, but it's it's not the same as being here with the Jamsters and you to go through it and just, you know, feel a little bit better about what the hell happened this year. Again. Again. And I think that one of the reasons I wanted to do this and, and to put the season behind us is because there's going to be a lot of different things to talk about this offseason, obviously. The way that Matt <laughs> Ishbia has already begun starting to make moves, the way that this roster potentially needs to be reconstructed. We're going to have plenty more podcasts and plenty more content for you jamsters about those things. But when we talk about this previous season, I think it's nice to, as you mentioned, Matthew, simply to just get some closure and what we're doing here tonight, my friend. Yeah, no, I'm excited about this. Um, It's a long off season, but there's so much to talk about. I feel like every week now the NBA is just, 365 right every day there's mm-hmm. gonna be something especially with the suns and an owner like this it's gonna be off the rails so i'm looking forward to it and this is just to let you know jamsters we probably won't be going the full hour throughout the off season it'll probably be a little half hour pods maybe a little bit more consumable for you and now yeah. that i've said that you know that we'll go an hour every time i was gonna we say just... we're already about 30 minutes in it's what it always feels like so but before we get into the, the epilogue, if you will, for the 2022-2023 season, the uh, the obituary is, what, is how it all ultimately ends up being uh, yes. referred to. I just want to remind everybody again that if you're a new user to DraftKings, you can receive an incredible offer. If you deposit and place a $5 wager on any sport, you'll receive $150 added to your account in bonus bets, and that's simply by using our promo code, which is SUNSJAM. This is a great opportunity to support our podcast, as I've said, stated before, and it not only gets you the bonus, but it, again, helps us. Uh, it, it lets DraftKings know that we exist. This little corner of the world called the Suns Jam Session Podcast does exist. So if you haven't signed up for DraftKings yet, please consider doing so and using our promo code Suns Jam to place the first bet. Remember, this offer is only available for new customers who are 21 and older and physically present in Arizona. And please, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. So what are you waiting for? Head to DraftKings.com. Take advantage of this incredible opportunity today and start putting money down. I put money on Jason Tatum's over on points. I even I even pushed it a little bit to over 35. He scored 51 for the Celtics today. So money, money, money. money. Woman in it over there, huh? Yeah, not really. It was like a five dollar bet. I'm like, Ooh, okay, I got go. twenty bucks now. I can afford <laughs> more diet Dr. Peppers to pop up it on the podcast. Twenty four, yeah. Because uh, Matthew, I assume you have a nice uh, Chianti, a Cabernet Sauvignon, a Zinfandel. No, I'm, I'm done drinking for a while. I've been drinking a lot, and I'm not feeling good about myself sometimes when I drink, guys. So, gotta mental, stop drinking. You know, mental health. It's real. That's what it's all about. Pop them. <laughs> drop them. Drop them. behind us and i'll say this matthew somehow some way every season i forget the feeling not the feeling of disappointment oh no oh no 
The scars of seasons past are deeply embedded in my son's soul, and I revisit their torn tissue often. The epic failures, the failed expectations, they are masochistic badges of honor we carry when compared when we can sit around and we compare our fandom. The feeling that I often forget is the feeling of emptiness following a completion of a season. One minute you're fully engaged, we're dissecting defensive schemes. The next moment the arena is empty, the seats are barren, and the players have cleared their lockers. I'm sitting around watching fucking bar rescue all day today. <laughs> Was that is it because we talked about it on the way up to Flagstaff? Is that why? And it's on. And if there's like a marathon it's going on. The only up, thing ever on is bar I, rescue. I, I, yeah, so I'm sitting there watching bar rescue. And I'm reminded once again that like Jenny Gump sheepishly leaving in the early morning, just like that, the season is gone. Mm-hmm. Do you feel any emptiness now that the Suns have been off the air and we know that the, you know the finality of the season is behind us, that 2022-23 is done? Has there been an emptiness? Is there joy? What are you feeling besides the depression following a lot of drinking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well the drinking was during the games not after the games uh yeah for me i kind of just moved on quickly and for me it was it was one of those things where i kind of expected it not to go this way but i didn't expect a championship really right we hope for that with the top three top four and really just odds of winning a championship once we get kd but then it's not the same kd so then you just you battle just like they did every game to try to figure these things out as quickly as they could to win games and there were times I'm like, you know what? This is not looking good. I'll keep it down inside and just wait and see how things go. But eventually you're going to be upset. You're going to be, you know, let down again. But I didn't let myself get down too much. I moved on pretty quick. Um, it wasn't a thing where like last year was like, what the hell? After last year, that was one thing where like I needed some weeks after that. Like I said before, this was just one of those where it's like kind of expected. And when it happens, it's like, okay. Well, moving on to next season. This season is basically like a building block for next season now, now that you look at it, right? Yeah, it, it, it's very true what you stated right there. Last season was, well, I guess now two seasons ago, because last season is now 2022-23. But two seasons ago, after being ousted in the playoffs, that was one of the biggest punches in the gut that I think as a fan base we felt or at least one that we have felt in quite some time for those of you who are newer to the fan base and maybe you're a little bit younger that was kind of your baptism into what it's like to be a Suns fan to have your heart ripped from your chest held in front of you still beating and having people shit upon it one at a time graphic yes but it's what happens as a Suns fan time and time again this season as you mentioned it, it we didn't have the same feel There wasn't the same expectations, obviously, going into the playoffs. We entered as the number four seed. And we didn't lose in the epic fashion that we did essentially in uh, the 2022 season. Yes, we got our asses handed to us in game six at home, but it wasn't a game seven. And again, the expectations weren't there. And it wasn't in in the same manner that Dallas did with Luka smiling and giggling as he just eviscerated the Phoenix Suns. So to your point, I'm I'm with you. I was e- it was easier this year to navigate the feelings afterwards and to be ready to talk about basketball and be ready to talk about the Suns. It was really rough last summer after losing to the Mavericks. It was tough to talk about basketball for about two weeks. We're like, oh shit, we just the the wind was out of our sails. I'm not feeling that this year. Yeah, and even last year, like I I couldn't watch anything. I didn't watch the rest of the playoffs at all. Um, I was watching Game Seven today. Like, I was just back at it. Like, it didn't affect me as much. It's like, no, the Suns are not playing, but there's still some good basketball. Last time, it was just hard to bear any kind of side of the ball bouncing up and down the court with those <laughs> with those dudes playing for a championship. It was tough to watch. Um, but, yeah, just this year, there's a lot of confusion, man. I think at the beginning of the year to the end, um, once Book got hurt, kind of at that point, confusion. Just who can you rely on? Chris Paul is the old. Cameron Payne is he a good backup. Um, can we expect more for Cameron Johnson from Mikhail Bridges from DeAndre Ayton? Obviously, we know what happened at the trade deadline. Then you get mm-hmm. KD, and it's like, is this the right KD? Is this even KD on the court at times? You know what I mean? So very confused all year long, and it's kind of just good to put it down, like put it to bed, just be done with it for right now until Matt Ishbia has his hands in, in things this offseason and just can build on what we have right now with KD and Booker. So is that your elevator speech? Is that how you would describe the 2022-2023 Phoenix Suns to the average fan? Is a team that was just very confusing? Yeah, absolutely. But that was the whole year for everybody. I mean, look at the team playoffs, right? 
the Lakers are in the Western Conference Finals, right? A team, but I mean, maybe that's kind of expected just because even years past when they just make the eighth seed, we're like, oh, they still have a chance to beat the Suns in the first round, right? That's what they were looking for. They actually did it this year. But like a lot of these teams now in the NBA, they just wait for the playoffs and they just put it together. This year was just kind of up and down for a lot of teams. That's why I was like, you get KD, you try to make the best out of it. You try to put these guys together, help, hope that they do gel and they can figure things out and then see where it goes from there. The confusion is just like, what the hell happened, right? We had two years, coach of the year. We had all those guys just building upon them, trying to build that organic chemistry. And all of a sudden it's just, it's wiped away. That's mm-hmm. confusing. Now it's like, well, now it is just a building year. We just got KD. That's what this whole year is about. Just getting KD here to Phoenix. Yeah, everything else is gone. Booker's here, but everything else is gone. Aiden might be back. Who knows? But right now it's just like it's restarting again. We had our chance. Chris Paul's not the same Chris Paul at all. We know that for sure. Now we got to replace him. So we had our chance, and we had a great team to, to root for, and a fan base that was behind all those guys that were young, and now it's just all gone. The 2022-2023 Phoenix Suns. We had our chance. I can see it in lights. It's a, it's a good. But that's the way it is now in the NBA, right? It's, it is. It's, well, it's maybe turn, it's always it's, been that way. Right? It's turn and burn. Mm-hmm. And real quick before I get into that, I want to give a shout out to Suns Geek. Uh, great content always on his on his channel. I was watching him again today. Uh, did everyone Hulk smash the like button yet? Yes. If you haven't done that, please do. Please do. And, and hey.0499 in the super chat. Truly, truly appreciated. Shout out to Void and Lissy. Hopefully our team is better this coming season and we can get a championship. Oh, I agree with that. Oh, geez. One, it's going to be these, interesting. I have these, no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> one of these years. Yeah, I, I have a piece that's going to be coming out on Bright Side of the Sun tomorrow talking about uh, the title of it is RIP, the Sun's Organic Chemistry is Dead, Okay. something Ishbia. Because I'm talking about just what you're talking about. The, the, the 2022-2023 Suns is a story of a team – that it was full of talent that can never get healthy or develop the chemistry it needed to win. It's a team that possessed organic chemistry that ultimately was uh, dispersed midway through the season in losing Mikhail Bridges and Cameron Johnson. Now, as, as the season came to an end, only two players on the roster have even been drafted by the Suns. With the Monty Williams firing, which we'll talk about here momentarily, that's kind of the last connective tissue that this team had to that version of the Phoenix Suns. It's where we are now, as you mentioned, this past season was literally just a building block towards perfecting what Devin Booker and Kevin Durant could eventually look like. It, it was just, This was the Kevin Durant uh, acquisition year. It's all it's ever going to be remembered for as Suns fans. We didn't get enough time to gel with him. We didn't get enough time to develop chemistry. Uh, prior to his arrival, the team was never truly healthy. They started off healthy. They started off, what, 16 and 7? They were the number one seed in the Western Conference. And then everything kind of went downhill from there. They didn't, uh, you know, Booker gets hurt. Paul gets hurt. You know, it's just, it, it's almost one thing after another. And Dave King for Bright Side of the Sun put together a great co- chronological uh, calendar, if you will of the year in Phoenix Suns basketball. I just want to read that, read that real quick. Mm-hmm. May 15th, 2022, elimination at go at, elimination game at home. Suns got this down at down 30 at half. I'm dead. Summer. We need KD media day. They're broken. I'll never forget media day. It seemed like a very defeated team opening day halftime. Oh yeah. They're totally and fundamentally broken. If you remember the opening day, they were getting their ass kicked by the Mavericks again, opening day, final buzzer. They're alive. 16-7 start to the season, first in the West despite injuries. Probably the best Suns team ever. 5-17 middle, trade everyone. 9-2 run with Booker and Cam Johnson back. Good, good, but not good enough. Get KD. Trade deadline brings Kevin Durant. They did it. 15-9 after deadline, including 8-0 with Durant. I don't know what to think. 4-1 first round, win over fifth seed. So you're saying there's a chance. Down 0-2, second round versus the top seed. They're dead. Tied 2-2 with a pair of home wins. They're alive. May 11th, 2023, elimination game at home. No way they could do that again. Down 30 at half. I'm dead. And that's the <laughs> season, folks. And that's the It season. was a roller shout coaster, to, but I feel shout like... Shout out to Dave yeah. King for that, because that's I feel perfect. like it's an understatement, though, to say that. I mean, just that's the way it was, because there's so many times you can go back and just be like, well, wait, could we have just waited a little bit longer? Could we have just done this, done that? 
we all wanted KD, but there's just times, you know, you look back and you like you before Booker got hurt, we did look really good. And then when, when Mikhail was playing the way he was playing with us before he was traded, they looked really good. So you can yeah. go back to that, but it's what it is now. And we have to just trust Ishbia with everything that he's going to do in this off season. So. Ishbia, we trust man has have, have times changed. Like yes. James, James yes. Jones is a moot point, uh, but we'll get to that. There's no way we're just going to do 30 minutes. Um, all right, so I'll ask you this question. What was your favorite moment of the 2023, 2022-2023 season? I was a moment I saw the KD tweet. It was when um, I saw Woj saying that KD with the Suns, just in the same sentence, that feeling I had. I was shaking on the pot. You remember that? Oh, Damn, yeah. Come on, how many times have I said this? That was my favorite moment by far. Um, Games-wise, I don't feel like, you know, there wasn't anything else that was really historic this year. Um, I think Book, the way he played, game in, game out, was great. I just can't remember a moment. Maybe like the way Aiden played in certain games was great and it made me feel good, but just the KD thing just trumps all. It does. The way I felt about that, I just couldn't believe it actually happened. Yeah, I'm, I'm lock in step with you on that. That was easily my favorite moment of the season because of the way it felt. The franticness that we felt, the excitement, the shock, mm-hmm. the awe. And as you mentioned, and we'll always mention for the end of, till the end of time when we reference the Kevin Durant trade, you and me going live right after that happened, 11 o'clock at night, like shaking with excitement. There's very few moments that that's actually happened for us as Suns fans, and it happened that night. So that was yeah. easily my favorite moment of this past season. What moment pissed you off the most? Two days later when I missed Mikhail and Cameron Johnson. <laughs> I was just pissed <laughs> off. I was. I was pissed off for a couple of weeks. KD was not playing. And I'll be honest, it, it sucked. KD wasn't playing. He was hurt. And then you just saw Mikhail and how good he was still. And I'm not saying that I don't want the trade to happen. But at that moment, yeah, I was pissed. Mm-hmm. I was like, of course, Mikhail's playing this way. And he looks crazy. He's an all-star next year. That was going through my mind a lot. And I just missed the dude and I missed Cameron Johnson. I'm like, and I was pissed at that moment. I'm like, did we make a mistake? It was maybe two days after. And I was like, shit, did we make a mistake? You know, it's kind of like um, you're married and then Kim Kardashian is just like sitting on your face. You're like, well, I'm going to do it, but then I'm, it's going to be a mistake later on. And that's what I kind of felt. You're like, how did I get in this predicament? How did Kim K's <laughs> ass end up on my face? But yeah, you just, how you know, am I supposed to tell the like, missus about this? You're going to have some regret. <laughs> maybe not. Yeah, that that wasn't it for me. Mine was probably, if I was to pinpoint it exactly, it was probably January 26 in a 99 to 95 loss to the Dallas Mavericks. Let's let's tune into John on that day. Watch. All right, DeAndre Ayton tonight. 31 minutes played, 19 points, 20 rebounds, Matthew. What a man, dude. 20 rebounds for DeAndre Ayton in 31 minutes played. Six of 20 from the field to get those 19 points. Six of 20 from the field. So tell, tell me what you saw. Do you want to go first? I feel like I always go first with him. <laughs> like, do you want to go? Oh, because... I'll go. I'll go. All right, go ahead. You know, so I, I tweeted it out. You know, I, I pretty much said, when it comes to DeAndre Ayton tonight, He's playing like ass. Anyone who thinks otherwise, you clearly use Braille and someone's reading you this tweet. God, I'm an asshole. That's what I said. Because what I saw from him tonight, he had 20 boards. Yes. Do you know why he had 20 boards, Matthew? Because no he had 20 boards. He had 20 boards because they were playing against an unbelievably small front line. He they were all there for him. And to his credit, he went and he grabbed them. But you know what? He also missed two key rebounds at the very end of this game that allowed offensive rebounds following free throws that gave extra possessions to the Dallas Mavericks, and this team ultimately lost by two possessions. Okay, so if you want to sit there and go, well, you know, the rebounds, if you were to stat look and you look at these rebounds, it's like, all right, so Black Sunday, $10 in the Super Chat. We really appreciate this. I don't give a fuck what eight stat line was. His rebounds and points had no impact on the game. Also, it was horrible on defense. Suddenly, we look back and struggle when he comes back. I agree with every word right there. That's my frustration. Okay? His his rebounds were handed to him, essentially. Uh, when the Dallas Mavericks drove to the hoop, he was no defensive impact whatsoever, in my opinion. He was 6 of 20 from the field, which is ridiculous, especially considering how many... It's not like he's chucking threes. He's He's missing bunnies he's missing they're, they're showing the shot chart and they're all inside of 
the 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 cylinder. They're they're, they're the restricted area, and he's missing those. He starts off the game with some bad hat passes where he's literally just he's throwing the ball to CP3 and he just throws it right out of bounds. You know, like CP3 is like, whoa, dude, like where, where are you throwing the ball? You know, and some of the comments that I saw on Twitter. Well, you know, he's rusty. He's here's rusty. Where, here's where it gets good. You know, Cam Johnson was supposed to be. Rusty oh, oh he sorry. Back and he's asleep. a shooter. <laughs> he don't look. He hasn't looked rusty. I don't want to hear this rusty shit from our $30 million franchise center. I don't want to hear it. Charles Barkley, eight needs to be the guy. He needs to go for 25 a night. He's playing out there against munchkins. Why is he missing all these, these middies? And the, I get so mad. Icing on the cake for me, Matthew. The icing on the cake is after a play where Ish Wainwright alley-oops him the ball, mm-hmm. and he tries to, like, lay it in. instead of It's a clear dunk. Just dunk the shit, man. Key possession. Where he misses the, the the layup. The Mavericks go down. They hit a three-point shot. A five-point swing right there. The next possession, Chris Paul dishes him the ball on the interior. He's got a pin down. He passes it out to Ish Wainwright, and Ish Wainwright passes the ball. What does DeAndre Ayton do? This. Shoot the fucking ball! You can hear it on the TV screen. He claps his hands at Ish Wainwright and yells at him to shoot. Fuck you, DeAndre Ayton. (laughs) No one gives a shit what you think they should be doing. Make a fucking jump shot. Quit doing fadeaway 12-footers when you're trying to back down Dwight fucking Powell. You're not out there against Steven Adams who's throwing a, a, a forearm shiver into your back and is pushing you off your spot. You're not that back there trying to back down the garbage truck that is Jonas Valanciunas. It's Dwight fucking Powell. And you're doing fadeaway jumpers and missing them at will. Fuck your rust. I don't care. Abysmal, abysmal. We lost this game because of DeAndre Ayton. There's no doubt in my mind. No doubt in my mind. We lost this game because of DeAndre fucking Ayton. That's uh that's my, the most pissed off I was all season. Yeah. I like how I was like playing Sims the whole time you were talking too. It just I'm just like you're like, you up. just go and be mad, John. <laughs> yeah. You just you do just, you, I, boo. That's why I let you go first. I'm like, you just you go, man. I was so mad that night, but that's the most pissed off I was all season. And to this day, it's like as as I rewatched that clip, as as I clipped that clip and rewatched it. I got fired up again because I remember how upset I was with yeah. the fact that we, we had that game. It was 99 to 95. And, and you go back and you think like that game ultimately could have cost us a seeding, right? Like we, we could have been the third seed. You know, there's there's a bunch of different scenarios here that play out if we had win that have won that game. And yeah, that's that's the most pissed off. The, the one moment in which I really told I, I told a player, uh, fuck you to him. Yeah, I mean that that's Aiden. It's it's that and then also the other side where you just you're jumping up and down cuz the guy looks fucking great. So that was all season long. I mean that was just the team itself, but Aiden that's what he does to you. He's the mm-hmm. one player in Suns history to me that can make me that frustrated and that happy in the same season. Yep, and that's yeah, it's a good way to define who and what he is. What do you think the best win of the season was? And what was the worst loss? The best win um that's tough there was never a win where i'm like oh this team's fucking awesome you know there were there were moments when katie was playing with that group they look great um but a win overall i'm just gonna go with the the bulls game when aiden was just they looked like Shaq when it was booker and aiden they looked like Shaq and kobe out there mm-hmm. like and it was like a stretch it was like a week where those two look great pick and roll and then all of a sudden you just didn't see it after that uh, I don't, i'm not sure if there was an injury or something but you just never saw it again. But the way that Aiden was playing that game, hitting off those, those rolls, just rolling right to the basket, dunking all game long. I think yeah. he had like 10 dunks in that game. That was my favorite game by far. I'm like, oh, here we go. Because just before that, it was basically like, oh, we're trading Aiden again. I was putting together like a video of farewell Aiden, crying a little bit, a little upset. I'm like, God, this sucks. He's gone. But then the next week later, he has that game against the Bulls. And that whole week, he played great. Those are moments where, like, dude, this guy's unstoppable. You know what I mean? That's yeah. why John gets so upset, like before. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, when you see DeAndre Ayton against the Chicago Bulls, you're like, this is what he could be. And there were the, the thing that the past season provided us, uh, us with were plenty of those moments. There were stretches in which DeAndre Ayton p- 
played really, really solid and really, really consistent basketball. You go back and you look at that stretch right around Thanksgiving, if I remember correctly, when uh, he started to play, I wouldn't say out of his mind, but within the the, the his, his capability. He had 28 points against the Detroit Pistons. He had 29 points and 21 rebounds against the Utah Jazz. I mean, he, he was uh, uh, putting together some really solid games against the Pelicans. He, there, there, there was a stretch from the 30th of November to the 12th of December in which he went for 20.6 points and 10 rebounds. So the, the, the peaks were there, but also the valleys were there. What about loss? Is there a worse loss? Um, What did I have for that one? Hmm, let me see. Last game. <laughs> fair, fair. So, so yeah, my favorite win of the last game for sure. For me. My favorite win of the season. And shout out to Fabio. He actually he he called it when Dwayne Washington carried us in the win against the Memphis Grizzlies. That was my favorite win of the season. It was the game after we lost Devin Booker on Christmas against the Denver Nuggets. And then the next game against a team in the Memphis Grizzlies that was twenty and twelve. The Suns come out and they win one twenty five to one hundred eight. Dwayne Washington goes 10 to 21 from the field has 26 points off the bench. We have a total of eight players scoring double figures. That was the best win of the year for me. In my opinion, it was just one of those after Devin Booker gets hurt. Look at this team. Look at this depth. Look at this chemistry that this team possesses. This is fa- This is fantastic. I'm going to enjoy this. The worst loss for me. That would probably have to be either of the times that they lost against the, the Houston Rockets. I just, I mean, we played the Rockets a total of four, uh, three times this season, and we lost twice to them. One of them we lost by one point. The other we lost by, like, 14. And it was just, again, those were games that you were just unbelievably disappointed in. And in both of those losses, the interesting thing is we had Devin Booker. Like, we had – that. that's when the Suns were looking pretty good. Uh, the, first, the first loss uh, – no, the first loss, we didn't have Devin Booker. The second loss, we didn't have Devin Booker again. Did we not have him both? Oh, no, I'm looking at the wrong stat line here. Uh, well, well researched here. No, uh, Yeah, we had Booker. But, I mean, Dario Sarch started because Aiden was out. So, But both of those, even though we were hurt, those hurt, in my opinion. Yeah, it, it's weird to look back on like the losses and coming out and coming on after the pod or after the game and doing the podcast and just like everyone was always like, eh, it's just, you know, it's a loss. But I just remember every time it'd be such a hard thing to, to go through. But then it's just like, well, should we take it seriously or not? It was always a question of that. I was just like, do we take this seriously or not? There was always injuries. There was always new guys coming in. There was always new starters, rotations you've never seen before in your life. That's why it's like, well, do we buy into this loss? Does this actually matter? Are we actually seeing something here? Because things change week to week, just like the Aiden thing. Week to week, it was like, well, Aiden looks fucking great. No, mm-hmm. Mikhail looks great, gone. You know what I mean? It was just always a change. It's like, come on, there was no consistency. And that's what the Nuggets had. So I'll ask you this question to, to sum up the 22-23 Suns. Was this season a failure? And don't give me that Giannis Antetokounmpo answer. You know, like, well, (laughs) Michael Jordan only won six. So, therefore, the other nine seasons were Mm -hmm. those failures. From a Suns fan standpoint, Mm -hmm. from a Suns fan point of view, was this season a failure? You know, it is. And if you look back in the last two seasons, like I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, if you're going off of that, building this team organic chemistry, yes, you have an old point guard at the time, but then eventually you find a replacement those guys you had in the last two years, giving those up, and all of a sudden your head coach is gone too, turning this fan, the the whole organization around. James Jones comes in here, does a fantastic job. Everyone comes here because of Monty, right? I mean, everyone comes here because of Devin Booker. But you had such a good chemistry brewing here. You really did. And you thought, you know, win or die with this team, but you want KD. The fact that you just trade away everything and then now it's just like restart from scratch – that's a failure to me. It is because we had a chance to build something here with those guys. Not saying I would have won a championship, but you got KD out of it. That's good, right? Mm-hmm. But it's a failure in the fact that we had something. We were in the finals two years ago, and we just couldn't build on that. We just couldn't. I mean, I guess we kind of did in a way, but also it's not a failure. If you want to just look at it as this is a building block, like I mentioned earlier, that we get KD and you build this team off of Devin Booker and KD, 
that's a huge win. But then Booker doesn't do the post game interview or the the closeout are ar- the closeout arguments. The uh, what do they call it? The wrap <laughs> up, like the media. Yeah, yeah, the media exit interviews. The exit interviews. He doesn't mm-hmm. show for that either. So it's like okay, so you're building this team on KD and Booker, but then Booker's not even here for that. And I can send. I know his frustration. You losing Monty. You know this game is basically if you don't win this series, he knows Monty's gone. Right, so then that's in that's in his head. He's probably having a hard time adjusting to it. He loved McHale and them, and he loves KD too, I'm sure. But just this whole season is adjusting for him, and I think him going into the playoffs wanting to win it all every year, like an MJ and Kobe, it's hard for him. Now it's just like now we have to go in with KD and Book, and that's something to really look forward to. If you want to look, at, that's a positive for sure. That's not a failure at all. Well, maybe Booker just wanted to get the hell out of there because he was gonna go get Kim Kardashian's uh, take, butt, yeah, butt on his take, face. <laughs> Um, Dude, yeah <laughs> you know it's funny i had a dream last night and uh hopefully someone's not listening but i had a dream last night that i was i was dating kendall but i she wanted to date me this is a confident dream for me and i was like <laughs> but i was like no I, I can't do this because i'm i'm bros with booker i can't do that so i didn't go out with her in the dream bros before hoes man even in your dreams <laughs> <laughs> you're one hell of a guy uh yeah Dagoberto Ortiz says, yes, the season was a failure. Brew 92, no, Suns wanted KD and got him now. Los Sun said, no, too many injuries. Laced Bacon says, yes. John Nelson, anytime you don't win a championship, it's it's a failure. Uh, John Paul Edward de Dios, who I'm just going to start calling JPED, J-P-E-D-D. Uh, thank you again for coming on the pod last night. JPED, truly appreciate it. Oh, nice. Uh, gr- great points. He says, yes, but we can build on it. And I like that. Mm-hmm. Suns Fever, one of our elite jamsters. Again, if you want to become an elite jamster, hit that join button on YouTube. We didn't ring a, we, we didn't win a ring. Yes, it was. Uh, Mike Adamo, no, but a big disappointment. Coda Kid, another lead jamster. Yes, season was trash. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I I look at it as I wouldn't say a failure, but I do say a disappointment. I think that's the best way to put it. And and mm-hmm. it's funny because at, a couple days after the sun season ends every year, I have my friends who will reach out to me and they'll send a text like, "Hey, really don't know what to say. Just sorry about the season." I go, "It's cool, man. Like it happens every year." Like. It's it's not like I'm a I'm a Warriors fan. I'm used to winning, and all of a sudden I got I lost to the Lakers. Like we lose every year, so I've learned to cope with it. I learned that it's part of the natural cicadums of life with this team. It's just part of being a Suns fan. Is you know that if you make the postseason, you're never going to win a championship, and you just kind of wash, rinse, and repeat. So it's not. I won't go as far to say it's a failure because of some of the things that some of the Jamsters said. Because the ultimate goal essentially is at least what it felt like to me at the beginning of the season was to get Kevin Durant. Boom. We did. Uh, it was disappointing that once we got him, nothing seemed to work out. It was disappointing that this team was riddled with injuries throughout the entire season. It was disappointing the way and the manner in which we went out, but knowing that we also were without Chris Paul and without Deandre Ayton in that final game, just disappointment after disappointment. That's what we do in Sunsland. We just stack those on top of each other. So just the way it goes. Uh, Changing subjects real quick because you weren't here yesterday Mm -hmm. and I just wanted to play this for you. Ever since I've been here, we talked about everything you want is on the other side of hard. This is hard. Monty, Monty Williams, coach of the Phoenix Sun. Monty Williams is no longer the head coach of the Phoenix Suns, Matthew. I talked about it a little bit last night. On the podcast, I had to do a reactionary pod. I know you were out there on a date. Question number one, what did you do for your date? Oh, I wasn't on a date. Oh. I just oh. didn't want to be on the pod. Oh, wow. You should have just lied and be like, we went to <laughs> Cracker Barrel and had country fried steak. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so question um, number two, what, are yeah. you, what were your initial thoughts when you heard that Monty Williams was fired? Or dismissed, as they say. Oh, whoa. Oh, we, I was not surprised. Right? We talked about it on the way to flag. It just it has to happen. It's kind of like, you know, you're in the relationship. You go back to it. And, you know, the same things come up. The same. Just, just, just the bad stuff just comes right back up over and over again. Right? Just looking forward to the next year. If we have Monty and we're in the playoffs again. And it's a closeout game. Or else it's a game six. Like this year, game game seven. Do we trust him mentally? Does he have it in him to overcome that? 
I would just say no. It's kind of like one of those things where it's like maybe DeAndre Ayton just needs a new place, right? Mentally, you got to just refresh yourself and be somewhere else and just be yourself and hopefully things can work out with another coach because that's probably what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Monty, man. It's just it's just too many of those bad losses, and it's one too many. I think no coach is safe. Yeah, he rebuilt something here. That's great. Players are here because they love him. And I think, you know, Book leaving the way he did, I just think he knew he was going to lose Monty, and he loves Monty to death. He didn't want this team that is full of players that some of them just seem like they just didn't have the intensity of this playoffs to really carry them to the next level. And Book just needed that. And he didn't want really Monty to take the blame because of that, right? You have these players that just can't make up what maybe Mikhail and Cameron Johnson did with depth-wise, right? But he's like, he just knew. He's like, Monty's going to be gone because we were just injured. We didn't have the guys. Aiden got injured. Like, Chris Paul, of course, is always injured, right? So he's like, just give us one more year, maybe back. But it had to happen, man. I think there's adjustments that had to be made. And I think the next coach is going to be a guy that we can trust. I think Ishbia... It seems weird right now, but it's not like he's getting rid of all these guys and he's not going to make the right move. I think he's going to spend the right money or the he's going to spend the money to get the right guy. And it's going to be a lot of money. And we're going to be very happy here in a few weeks, I think. John Nelson in the chat says it's not a good choice until we find a good replacement. And I think that's that's a valid statement. And it's part of the reason why I think that Matt Ishbia acted as quick and as swiftly as he did, yes. ultimately not really including James Jones even in the decision-making as Adrian Wojnarowski stated earlier today. That, that's been my kind of, my, my biggest takeaway after, you know, now that it's been 24 hours since Monty was canned ultimately, is initially because of the fresh scars uh, and the open wounds that this previous season left us with, with the conversations that we had, with the observations that we made during the playoffs, it feels like the right move because of the lack of adjustments, because of the body language I saw from him or lack thereof in game six against the Nuggets as this team was just getting pasted. And he was just kind of sitting there melancholy and stoic, staring up into the rafters, thinking about, you know, going hunting or fishing in the offseason versus trying to make adjustments. And you, you think about that and and you know that that impedes some of our initial emotional response to his his firing or his dismissal is yeah, the runes are fresh. So yeah, get him the hell out of here. The other side of this argument is, is Matt Ishbia too meddling? Is he too decisive? Is he too reactionary? Is he somebody who in his very short time is showing these traits that is somebody who could ultimately deter success from the Phoenix suns and push people away from the organization, much like Robert Sarver once did. Robert Sarver was until James Jones showed up and Monty Williams showed up, Robert Sarver was something who was very involved with the front office decision-making and we were recycling head coaches on the regular more than the recycle truck shows up at my house. It seemed like every week it was something new was going on. Now, granted, this is what Bill Simmons refers to as new owner syndrome. When a new owner comes in, they make, they make a splash. They they're trying to build the franchise in their image and that's what he's going to do. And the decision to move on from Monty, albeit haste, albeit decisive, and albeit without James Jones, tells us a couple things, in my opinion. One, Matt Ishbia wants to get the best possible candidate in here. I see a lot of people talk about Ty Lu. It'd be great to have Ty Lu. I don't know what the plausibility of that is. He's under contract with the Clippers. I don't know if the Clippers would just like let him leave or fire him. Uh, in an effort to allow him to go to a Pacific Division rival. So I think that's kind of one of those pipe dream things. No. What's that? A division rival. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, does that exist anymore? Or? It does. We play him in the playoffs every year. I know, but I don't think that really matters as much in the NBA. I think it does. I think it does. I don't. I, Sorry, I, I what know. What were you saying, though? I cut well, you off. Yeah, you did. And now I'm just going to drink. Sorry, man. <laughs> but I think that the Ty Lu pipe dream because flex tweeted it out is something that everybody's kind of holding on to. I think the plausibility of maybe a Nick nurse is more uh, likely for the Phoenix suns, but it's something that we're going to discuss time and time again throughout the off season yeah. right here on this podcast. So reminder, everybody make sure you turn those notifications on. If you're on YouTube uh, or if you are uh, have us on Apple podcasts. So, you know, once we put out a new episode, you could be right here to listen because there's plenty of, of conversations around that. What are your thoughts on Matt Ishbia as he 
as he does make these decisions, as he's ultimately kind of squeezing out James Jones, at he as he's come in, he got Kevin Durant. Yes, he broke up our organic chemistry. Both true mm-hmm. statements. He's somebody who is kind of rebuilding, as I mentioned, this organization in his image. What are your thoughts on him? Well, I love his energy and how it's all Adderalled up. I mean, that's great. He is um, Adderalled up, dude. <laughs> he's uh, Yeah, he's on something. But it's just so much energy where he just doesn't complete sentences. It's just like, yeah, la, la, la. Like, if you listen to Bill Simmons thing, yes. like, come on. Like, well-spoken, maybe not. I just, he has the energy. But the way he is, and he even said it on the Bill Simmons podcast, it's like, I'm going to get players in here that we know we're going to win with. It's not about just like, oh, this might happen. Like, James Jones maybe was holding on to Mikhail Bridges and Cameron Jones. Because just wait, just wait. We just need more time. Just wait, 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 wait. KD's out there. That's why he's at. Let's go get KD. Yes. That's the way he's going to be. So there's going to be a lot of changes. If it's not winning next year, in and out, in and out, in and out. And honestly, that's a good thing. In the NBA, it's fine. If you have a superstar like Booker, it's fine. If you have like what LeBron does with his team every year, in and out, that's what he does. If he remains healthy and him and Anthony Davis are healthy, you can win because he knows what players he needs beside him. I think Booker has to have a big input on it. And it's fine. The chemistry just has to start at the beginning of the season. It can't be a thing where you just trade deadline and you're just hoping for a championship. You got to have the training camp. You have to have all of that. You have to have the coach. You have to have all the guys together in time to get things rolling to the start of the season into the playoffs. You can't just do it like you did this time. That's why it looks so bad. Mm-hmm. But I trust them. I do. It's going to be really weird, but we'll look back on this and be like, well, you know, he's making the right moves. He's going to do what everybody wants him to do is get the guys that we want. And those guys want to come here. It's going to be like the Lillers. It's going to be like the Kyries. Obviously, a lot of people don't like him, but we're going to get those players here in Phoenix, which is crazy. People that don't barely watch the Suns, they still don't think Phoenix is a destination. It is. And it's now more than ever. It's a top five for sure. And you have Booker here and he's going to be happy. I know he didn't show up, but still, he's going to be a happy guy with what this guy can bring to this team. It's not like he's, it's not like he's just grabbing players. It's just like name wise, that can be scary. It's like, all right, let's bring uh, James Harden. Let's bring him here next year. It's like, oh no, I don't want that. You know what I mean? If it becomes that it's like, oh, Russell Westbrook, let's grab him. Starting point guard. No, I don't want that. You just still want the younger guys that have a lot more time left that can improve this team and help Booker win a championship. And I think he's smart enough to do that. So I do trust him. I'm watching and observing at this point. I'm not making any pro Ishbia or anti Ishbia statements because we haven't truly seen the fruits of his decision-making completely play out. Well, we saw the, the Kevin Durant decision play out and ultimately the team lost because of its lack of depth and the fact that they had to give up, all of their wings or and effort to get play the depth ever. Well, this you know is true, mean? but both yeah. again, both can be true at the same mm-hmm. time. So yeah. I'm interested to see how he navigates this off season. Uh, and I'm not going to make all my initial judgments on him. I'll make observations, but I'm not going to make hard judgments until we get a little bit further down the line and we see what the results of some of these decisions ultimately are. Uh, you're right. I think that knowing that we have somebody in our corner, if you will, who's willing to try to take a risk, that's something that we've been wanting throughout this tenure with Devin Booker and Chris Paul because James Jones just wouldn't. He sat on his hands multiple times. and All the time. All, every time. Every time he and could. He'd, you he'd and I hand. would give him shit all the time. Yes. It's like, okay, we need a we need a backup center in case anything happens yeah. in the finals. We didn't do it. Okay, we need some, uh, some shooting to come off of the bench. Uh, we didn't do that. This year, he wanted to go get fucking John Collins and Matt Ishbia. was like, no, 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 dude. Kevin Durant's available. Fucking trade the goddamn franchise. Get him in here, and we'll figure it out from there. Reckless, perhaps. We'll have to see how this roster can be constructed with those two players and a max contract from DeAndre Ayton heading into next season. Do you think that his dismissal of Monty Williams means that DeAndre Ayton remains on this team next season? That's weird because we did talk about that. I mean, it's not because he didn't play the last game. It's like, oh, we still lost without him. It's just a thing. It's just like, well, there's always two sides of the story. And if Monty, who's a guy that we all know that really didn't want Aiden, right? Every trade deadline, that's what everyone says. He didn't want he didn't want Aiden. Did Gambo say it? Someone said it right after mm-hmm. the season was ended. Gambo did. He didn't want Aiden. And that's hard because we're stuck with them. It's like, well, we're paying him money. Who else are we going to get? We can't trade him because nobody wants him because of the way he is, right? Off the court, on the court, whatever. Just his effort level. Teams know. So he's like, well, we got to make do. Can we find someone to help this guy out? That's our best chance to 
you know, live with this center that's going to drive us up the wall again, year in, year in and year out, but we have no choice really. So I don't know, man. I, I think there's a chance he stays, but it's one of those things where I just think he needs a fresh start. If they can't find the right trade, then they're going to stick with it and they have to find a coach that can deal with him and just make sure that he is playing night and night out. And if he's not, you bench him. You get the best backup you can at the center position and you can play that guy over Aiden. If That's you bring in a terrible you, way to look at it, but well, but if you bring in a new coach and he institutes new philosophies and he creates plays specifically for DeAndre Aiden, which we know under Monty Williams never happened. There was no design plays for DeAndre Aiden outside of a pick and roll in which Chris Paul wouldn't pass him the ball. If you bring in somebody who installs some schemes for Aiden, for the youngest of the trio out of Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and DeAndre Aiden, he's the youngest guy. I say you give it a shot. And mm -hmm. if that coach goes back to James Jones, if he's still the GM, or Matt Ishbia and says, listen, it's February 2024. I've tried with this guy. This guy has no motor. He runs off a Tesla battery. Trade his ass. <laughs> then you trade him. But I think that that's potentially what could occur this upcoming season, right? Whoever the Suns bring in as head coach, and that's something that we'll cover probably later this week. Uh, one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast, because I, like, I went live last night, and I was like, you know what? Maybe Matthew and I will go live on Monday or Tuesday and we can let last night breathe a little bit and some people can view it and listen to it and what what have you. But I was like, no, because something could happen tomorrow and we'll have to jump on and do another emergency pod. Like you never know during this offseason with Matt Ishbia out there like. Yeah, offseason starts as soon as the playoffs start, too. So, yeah, everybody's interviewing. Everyone's looking at the draft. When is the lottery? Is it? I think it's next week. It, or something. It's uh, the 22nd, May 22nd. Okay. Yep. So, I mean, there's plenty of different things that could happen between now and even then. So we have to stay at the ready. So I thought we'd have these conversations now. But who the Suns are going to get as a head coach, that's a topic for a different day. Yeah. Uh, we'll go over some of the coaching candidates. Maybe we'll do that a little bit later this week, and we'll just do a, hopefully a 30-minute pod on only the, the head coaching guys. So anything else you want to talk about when it comes to the 2023 version of the Phoenix Suns, Matthew? Can we wrap a bow on them and just oh, man. say, fuck it? Other than Booker and adding KD, just thank God it's over. Thank, can I just say that? You can. Thank, thank God it's just over. I just, I'm, I'm just kind of worn out from the whole season. Is that selfish of me? Should I not? No. Should we not post that? No, I wish, I wish it obviously I wish we were lasted longer. longer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But just the way it ended, it's like okay, thank God. The way it's the over. whole season went, it was one of those seasons again, as I stated before. This season was one that had a team full of talent that could never get healthy or develop the chemistry it needed to win. At no point during this season did I go, this is a championship-level team. The 2022 Suns, the 64-win Suns, I thought, fuck, this team's winning a championship. Yeah, everyone did. Everyone did. And that's mm -hmm. why it hurt so bad. This year, I never truly felt that. Even, even, when, I, even when I felt the Suns, were, when they were playing at their best, I could think of three other teams that I thought had a better chance to win a title than Phoenix. And that's why ultimately I'm not happy that the season's over. I wish we were still playing, but I'm relieved that fuck it. You know, I mean, yeah, because I think Ishbia is here to just make changes. And it's like, thank God it's over. So we can just start this and, you know, get into the off season as quickly as possible with these guys, whoever we're going to have. We just need to know as quickly as possible. All right, so Western Conference Finals, who is your pick? Who's winning, the Lakers or the Nuggets? Oh, man, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, uh, I don't know. I have no idea. Who do no you want idea. to win? Who are you rooting for? I'm rooting for the Nuggets, I guess. I kind of want LeBron to win a championship. I'm kind of, like, is ever that since weird? you and I had a conversation, yeah. and we went up, my stepdaughter graduated from college this past uh, Friday, so we went up there, we rode in the in the truck together, and we were talking basketball and my wife and your mom were just sitting there. It's like, these guys, do they ever talk about anything of substance? Anytime we get together for family functions. Yeah, like, no, we're just like, we're in the corner. Just podcast like, stuff. You know, we're, we're, <laughs> so when should we record? But yeah. you were talking about LeBron winning another championship. And I know that I'm somebody who's very, very anti-LeBron. Um, <laughs> Coda kid, who gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I don't care. There the, you go. The remaining teams, I'm not mad if any of them win. Of course, we hate the Lakers, but the thing is with like LeBron, it's remember the years we were watching with his first 
was the first year back with the Cavs when he went against the the Warriors. He had that game one that was fucking amazing. Yeah, and, Jared and they Smith lost because of Jared Smith. Yeah. That season was been like that's. I feel like you were rooting for LeBron that season to win, and of course that, he that, wasn't going that, to. That, that, that season I was. That season I was. And I and I'm watching him, and all I'm looking for in this series is is to see some elite LeBron. I just want to see some elite LeBron. Uh, because we don't have very many, very many years of that left in a Western Conference Finals, let alone uh, with the talent that's in the West. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. But the Nuggets are going to win, and I kind of want to see them. Win. I don't they, know. They've, they, they've never been to a Finals. I'd like to see the Nuggets get to yeah, a Finals. It'd be nice. It'd be nice. What about the other side? Boston wins today. They beat the shit out of the Philadelphia 76ers to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. We literally have the bubble teams playing against each other the nuggets played the lakers in the bubble in the western conference finals the heat played the celtics in the eastern conference finals in the mm-hmm. bubble so who are you going for in that series or as Cody I, kid would say who gives a fuck okay <laughs> i want it to be the celtics and lakers i do just because it looked better we're probably going to get the celtics and the nuggets mm-hmm. um but it's not going to look sexy Go i'm heat. just looking forward to these two matchups in these conference finals the finals themselves might not look good unless it's the celtics and lakers Go heat in that one. I want to see Jimmy Buckets do great things. Uh, I want to. I want Bill Simmons to freak level. out about the zombie heat. Dude. I'd love it. I'm there for it. Yeah, you talking that about one. a confident team versus a team that just won't believe in themselves for two games? Like that's not going to mesh very well. Very true. Very the true. Celtics, yeah, yeah. The, the the schizophrenic Celtics versus uh, uh, irrational confidence. Miami the biggest heat balls team. in those teams, dude. S- seriously, like I don't know how they dribble the ball in between their legs without <laughs> hitting, w- without clipping their nuts. But I will say this: because I want the Nuggets, because I want the Heat, it will be Celtics Lakers because that's the way it goes. That's that's my sports yeah. fandom. So it's Maybe weird, dude. Was... Half hour, we made it. Oh yeah, there you go. Nice, there you go. Half hour. <laughs> well, thank you to all the Jamsters who decided to join us live on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter. Uh, if you happen to be watching later or listening later, again, we thank you too. Supporting the podcast is is simply by the best way to support the podcast is to simply tune in or to listen. We truly appreciate it. And to see the growth that we had this year was fantastic. We're so close to 3,000 subscribers on YouTube. So if you don't or haven't, please pop over there and do so. Uh, continue to give us those five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. We truly appreciate it. Like 70% of the people who listen to this podcast are doing so on Apple Podcasts. And I don't know if all of you have just clicked five stars and written something. That's all we're asking. Click five stars and do the middle finger emoji. I don't care. But let other people know Mm -hmm. where you like to go for your son's content right here on the Sun's Jam Session podcast. So remember, if you're using DraftKings for the first time, use promo code SUNSJAM. And we will be coming to you live again later this week, I assume, at some point as we talk about different replacement possibilities for Monty Williams and or any exciting new news that might Ishbia might drum up for us, seeing as he is a gunslinger in the wild, wild west now. And he is making decisions ad hoc while James Jones is under his covers uh, watching bar rescue so on that note <laughs> make sure that you follow matthew at matthew lissy on twitter make sure you follow me at darth voida you can read my writing at brightsideofthesun.com i have two pieces going up tomorrow until we see you next jamsters let's put a bow on it that season's dead it's time to start looking at next year already go and love your family